Welcome to Talking Books. I'm Simon Mattox, and I read out loud for a living. Yes, I'm an audiobook narrator, and in this series of podcasts, I get together with an author whose book or books I've recorded, and we talk about writing, recording, and all things Talking Books. So this morning, I've got in the car, and I've travelled all the way to Oxford, to the heart, to the very very nerve centre of ISIS audio. I'm here with... Catherine Thompson, who runs the entire place. That's not quite true, actually. Isn't it? No, I run the studio side. Okay. Post-production. But you deal with the day-to-day stuff. You're up here at the coal face. (laughs) (laughs) You deal with all the sweaty narrators. Uh, I have as little to do with them as possible. Yes, (laughs) yes, I'm sure. In fact, I'm I'm probably soon going to become one of those sweaty narrators because Catherine and I are at a very small (laughs) booth, which is the booth that that narrators Mm. normally... Uh, recording and it's normally a, a one-person booth really but we're here we're crammed we we, we are crammed we're snuggled Simon, we're snuggled it? that's a much better word <laughs> that's a much better word so it's isis audio yes uh, originally we were isis publishing because we had one list of books isis Okay. And other lists like Soundings and Ochre were recorded in other studios. Um, and just before the first lockdown, those studios were shut and all the titles came to us. Right. So it's we're now Isis, Oak Hill, Magna, Aurora, Little Acorns, Soundings and Boldwood. Wow. I hope I haven't left anyone. Oh, Chocolate. Chocolate as well. Oh, wow. OK. So how long have you been doing this? Uh, me or you, the, me? You, you, oh, personally. Um, 20 years. 20 years. Yeah. When you were a small child. Yeah, it was a, a tiny, <laughs> tiny work experience. <laughs> and, and how did you start? I was freelancing doing um, editing and proofreading of reference books, and the main company I worked for got bought out. So I was looking for a job, and I saw a part time job for a producer editor here. Right. So I started doing three days a week, and then my boss retired, and I slipped into his shoes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but back then, we, we had one studio, and we did 16 books a month. Wow. And now we do over 60 a month. 60 books a month. We published over 700 audiobooks last year. Wow. Some were bought in from other studios, but um, only about 100. The rest we recorded right. here or editing those who record at home, like you do. Yes, indeed, like I do. And there aren't many people who do that, are there? There aren't many narrators who record from home. Who, not, well, let me put it another way. There aren't many narrators who you allow to record from home. Yes, that's it. <laughs> Why? Tell me. Because their setup's a bit crap, is it? Yeah, and, yeah. and we also require that. Because during lockdown, when a lot of people, of course, hassled to get studios thrown together quickly with mm. poor equipment and... Uh, and, and we're clicking every time they made a mistake. We now uh, only let people record at home with uh, a good setup and who are actually prepared to do a little bit of editing um, before they send us the files. Basically, removing all the retakes yes. if possible. So, so, yeah, we should maybe explain so by clicking, uh, which is something that I. So, the first time I did it, I think. I mm. I did I did some clicking myself. And the dog trainer the clicker. The dog trainer clicker, which yes. is, I, I'm, I'm sure it all comes from this guy who's called Mike somebody, anyway, with Booth Junkie uh, online, and he's a, he's a voiceover, and he, he gives lots of tips and all sorts of stuff about voiceovers. He's very good, actually, Booth Junkie. Uh, and one of the things that he suggested was getting this dog clicker so that you click it, and it makes a little spike on the waveform 
in whatever you're recording, whatever piece of software you're recording into. And so the sound engineer can see it very easily uh, and go, okay, that's where somebody's made a mistake. And so that's what clicking, that's what you Yeah, yeah. that's right. Because otherwise you've got to clap. Yes, yeah. In fact, we still get, uh, we still have actors now who've come to the studio and not recorded at home for over a year who still occasionally go like that when they make it. <laughs> no, there's no need. <laughs> or maybe they're just so just pleased yeah. with the way they've done a line. <laughs> so I said that was marvellous. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The engineer should be able to see the click, take it out quickly. But of course, it wasn't like that. People forgot. And with bad setups, you had noise. All the neighbours were doing DIY at the time. Uh, so people were recording only two or three hours, maybe between 3 and 6 a.m. Um, so books that we would do in the studio that would take three days, we'd edit in one or two, were taking two weeks. Wow. Okay. Um, Remember, we just had this fast increase in titles at the same yes, time. Yes, yes, yes. So it must have been an absolute nightmare. It was. So, I, so one of the things that I wanted to sort of ask and, and get an idea of, because I don't really know myself, is can you talk me through the process of how the whole thing works? So let's say, for instance, I've written a book, okay, called, I don't know, called Sub-Zero, there we are, which is actually written on this microphone yeah, thing a, in front of it's us. It's a book about microphones. It's a book about microphones. <laughs> or it could be anything. Sub-Zero could be about, you know... It could be... Uh, going through the Arctic. Anyway, Andy, who cares? Andy McDermott, couldn't <laughs> it? It could. It could be a very good Andy McDermott. Exactly. All right, so I've written Sub-Zero, and a publisher's agreed to publish it. That's. I don't have any choice in the titles we record. We're still predominantly a library publisher, so generally we don't publish anything that a library wouldn't take. All right, so this book I've written, uh, they've said, OK, we're going to make the audio book, and I say, great. And so then what happens? It comes to, it comes to you, and they it say... It comes to me, yeah. OK. Um, and then what, and what's your first kind of step? I will check if it's, if it's part of a series, if it's been published by anyone else, okay. um, and if there's a series narrator to see if they want to continue with them and if that person's available. OK. Um, but which they might not be for various reasons. You know, um, our studios are in Oxford. They might not have a home studio and they might live in Yorkshire. But if I've got a, a clean slate, I read the book, or, well, I read enough of the book okay. to get an idea. Yeah, because you can't read every book that <laughs> no. comes on your desk, surely. Nor would I want to. <laughs> <laughs> some of them, though, some of the, occasionally I actually have to say, now stop it, stop it, you know who's going to read it. You're just reading it because you want to, right? Okay, so um, you have to you have to stop yourself if if you if, you if get, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, if you get caught up in it, yeah. I have to park it and think. Right, I'll wait till it's recorded and okay. then I'll listen to it. Okay. Um, then yeah, it's a question of, of of thinking of all the voices. I mean, I listen to hundreds of audiobooks just for pleasure anyway. Yes. Uh, so it's people we've used before, people I've heard through listening for pleasure, and people contact me, and obviously I, I also uh, look at voice agents. Ask narrators, as I have done with you, for recommendations because you have students. Because the sheer volume of titles we're doing now, sort of back when we did fewer, I would only use people who'd already got experience. Now we're doing so many titles, sometimes I'm trying to find someone who is able to prep and record, say, within four to six weeks. In your world, is that quite tight? It's very tight, Right. yeah. So you've you've read a a bit of of Sub-Zero. I'm flogging this... (laughs) Yeah, it, it was great. Flogging this analogy I, to death. I, I was on the edge of my seat. Uh, yes. I mean, it was one I couldn't put down. <laughs> I was, it was a whole week lost. I was particularly proud of some of the snow descriptions, <laughs> yes. I must say. Um, anyway, so And the interesting <laughs> characters. It was such a challenge. <laughs> okay, so you've read some of this book and you think... 
so basically, you've got to decide whether it should be narrated by a man or a woman. Man or a woman, yes. Presumably. Um, uh, and what do you base that on? I mean, that's a, I know it's a kind of a stupid question in a way, but is, well, it, is it probably the protagonist? It's the protagonist uh, cast of support characters. I mean, if you've got a, a very strong female lead, but everyone else is male, I might suggest either. Right, okay. Because um, uh, one of the main problems we have is a female actor doing a man's voice and a male actor doing a woman's voice. Yes. Um, some people do it less well. <laughs> I want to get on to that. But anyway, okay. All right, let's say in this, in this case we've got a male protagonist, and so, so you think it's going to be read by um, a man. Yeah. And so you, have, you would then have in mind... Oh, she was looking at class and geography. Right, um, okay. And age. Age, ethnicity. Ethnicity, definitely. Yeah. Now. Yeah, increasingly yes. now. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, okay, so, and you come up then, what, with the shortlist? Mostly, these days, I would say 90% of our titles have some sort of author-publisher approval. Right. So, it's not just a question of coming up with one person, it's coming up with a minimum of three, really, to give proper choice. Okay. Uh, and also bearing in mind availability. So, you'll come up with three <laughs> names, and then you'll send those names to who? Uh, usually, the publisher. Sometimes... We do deal with an author direct, but mostly it's through the publisher who then will send it to the author. Okay. Yes, and because, and, as you know, I've been, I've been speaking to, to authors about this, and, and they say, you know, sometimes they get a, get a choice. Well, I, th I think they're saying that increasingly now they do get that choice, whereas I think in, in years gone by they wouldn't necessarily get any choice. No. Because of approval is, is so prevalent now, we tend to do it as a courtesy even when it, is, it hasn't been negotiated. Right, okay. And in that case, it might just be me saying, I think this person would be perfect for the book. Do you agree? And generally they just say yes. Okay. Okay, so and let's say we've picked Barry to do the, to do the voiceover. I over. love Barry. <laughs> <laughs> He's very good, isn't he? He is. All the comic nuances... And his female voices. His I mean, you'd voices. swear there were two people in that room. <laughs> oh, fantastic. So, so Barry has got the job, obviously. Obviously. Um, he's busy. Almost, he's busy. He's busy. Of course he is. I mean, who wouldn't, who wouldn't, wouldn't want to use Barry? Exactly. But let's say he manages to, to carve a small, a small niche for me, or a small I mean, window for, me, for, he for you. He would. I think he would for you. Um, and so, so you you contact him or somebody from your office contacts him and says, "Can you fit this in, Barry?" And Barry says, "For Catherine, yes, absolutely." Yes, I mean, thank goodness I have Georgia, who is who now generally does. Once I've decided, she will take over and and book people. Previously, I used to do it all, but with 60 titles, of course, that isn't yeah, possible. Yeah, no, no, of uh, course um, not. Yeah, so Georgia will get in touch. Uh, between Barry and, and Georgia, they will fix a date. Yeah, I mean, I will, give, I, I will have given Georgia the parameters. Okay. This is the deadline, this is how many days, or this is approximately how many hours it's going to be if it's a home recording. Mm. So that Barry can consult his diary. Yes, okay. His old Rolodex. <laughs> He does. I, I, I know for a fact that Barry does use a roller deck. I, I, I thought he, he puts on his little little gold half moon glasses and he looks through it and he goes, "Oh yes, I, I think I have a small a small yes. window there." Um, I thought he had a loop. <laughs> he probably does. 
<laughs> I like Barry more and more. Um, <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? You've made me laugh too much. I can't remember what I was going to say. Um, it was the pipe ash and the microphone. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the only drawback. That's the only, the only drawback with Barry. <laughs> and a slight tendency to to a phlegmy throat at very yes. occasion, only very occasionally, uh, yeah. only early in the morning. But that's the pipe smoking. Uh, well, yes, yeah. the Pomeranian sometimes <laughs> in the background. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Barry said yes, and um, we're we're assuming Barry doesn't have a home. I'm thinking Barry's slightly older now oh, okay. with, his, yes. with his Pomeranian, so I don't think he has a home studio. So he has to come in here. Yes. So where we are, so we're we're on an uh, an industrial estate in Oxford. We are. I think it's fair to say we do allow dogs actually sometimes. Oh, we, well, there we go. Generally not yappy Pomeranians. No, we, we've had. Uh, so if anybody out there is looking for work, but they have a dog that they don't want to do with during the day, Catherine will accommodate you. Um, no, um, long-haired dachshunds were a bit of a challenge because they were quite well, vocal, <laughs> and there was a push chair. Oh boy, mm. for the dachshunds. Yes. No. Yes. I, I, I'm not judging. I, I think they've, they've got weak backs. Wow. When young. Oh. Okay, let's not go down that road. So we're in a, we're in a little cube, really, aren't we? It's a sort of purpose-built... Yes. Well, not purpose-built, but a purpose-bought. I mean, they're, they're, Something that looks like mould all over it. Yes, they're, they're, they're made, these things. Gills. You can buy these studios, can't you? As a sort of, whatever you... Vocal booths, I suppose. There's one half which is cordoned off, which is where the engineer sits and monitors what you're doing, and the other half where we are, which is where the narrator sits and records. Um, and how many of these do you have now? Four. Four. Okay. Are four booths enough, do you think? Or do you need do you, do you need more booths, Miss Thompson? <laughs> Are you asking how I got adequate booths? <laughs> well, that, no, that's why we have to, had a slight shift to using more home studio okay. recordings. It's, it's part pragmatism. Okay. Anyway, so and so Barry comes in and. And how long does he come in for? And I know this is a bit. This is a bit one of those questions. How long is a piece of string? People always say to me, "How long does it take you to record an audiobook? Well, it depends how long the book is, obviously. Obviously, and how fluent the okay. narrator is. Okay, and also about stamina. So those who've been doing it a long time will do a approximately ten-hour book in two days. Okay, and just plow through it. And how many hours of studio time is that, do you think? How many hours of recording is that generally? Or is that a half? Well, again, for, for the very fluent ones, that's probably six and a half, seven a day. Okay. Um, maybe less. Um, whereas some of the new ones, we just have to keep adding on more days, okay. more days. It's not just about, as you know, it's not just about the acting. You've got to be a good sight reader. You can't learn a whole book like you can a script. No. So we have people and they've prepped the book brilliantly. They come in. And they just can't get to the end of a sentence. No. So, so they have to have lots yeah, of well, retake. So that was kind of, that was going to be my next question, really. What do you think makes a good audiobook narrator? Well, as I said, sight reading is vital. Uh, and you've got to understand what you're reading. So, we, again, we've had radio actors, of course, who do lovely dialogue. And then they read a narrative passage and everything, the intonations are just slightly off because they're not really understanding what they're reading. Or okay. if it's a comic piece and you've not really got a sense of humour, then you're not really going to get those jokes across. 
So you've got to be yeah, a sight reader, and you've got to be. Well, you've got to be all things because you've got to deal your characters. You've got to be able to to do someone from a, a small child to an old person without it sounding hammy. Different mm. regional accents and make sense of the narrative. Yeah, and keep it interesting. Yes, for hours. For hours at a time. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is quite a difficult thing. It's I really think. difficult, and I, I was, I would say it probably suits only about ten percent of people who try it because those people who come in and have to read the same sentence 15 times over they're as unhappy as we are yes no of course you know they're not having a great time no and the more wound up one gets the worse it gets yeah have you ever had a situation i mean obviously you don't need to name names but have you ever had a situation where somebody comes in and you have to replace them nearly okay um generally we just try and make it work and sometimes that can involve bald face lying no you're doing fine it's fine. No, it's sounding good. Could we just... Yes, it's absolutely fine. Just keep going. I think, oh, I think we can salvage this in editing. So I suppose that's the problem, is that <clears throat> if somebody is making a mistake at the end of every sentence and they have to go back and do that sentence three times, it just adds to the cost of the book hugely. Yeah, more studio time and obviously the uh, editors... We do all the editing after the recording. So somebody has to take out all those retakes and that takes a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Well, so when I do it at home, it's a slightly odd thing, really, because I'm, I'm obviously I'm reading it and trying to give the performance and all of that. But I'm, there's also the sort of little other little part of me in my head, which is listening out for any mistakes that I might make as well. And also other noises and things. So it's a, it, it's a slightly schizophrenic experience. Well, I imagine it is. Because <laughs> at one point during lockdown, we're thinking, well, nobody will want to travel from London to Oxford. They'll all just want to stay at home. Mm. But in fact, that, that really wasn't the case. Okay. Because when they record here, they just get on with it. Somebody's picking their mistakes up for them, so they don't have to have that schizophrenic yes. experience. That's what I was going to say. So here, you've got this person, which we don't have at the moment. Uh, thank goodness. Thank goodness. <laughs> listening to us waffling on. Um, next to us here, so you've got an engineer sitting there uh, with the script. Yes. Obviously listening. What, are, what happens when you make a mistake or I make a mistake? Well, fortunately, uh, we, as I said, we're not editing as we go along. So the producer who just has... A paper copy of the script and a biro, and we'll just mark up times two if there's what a retake. Sort of bi- what colour? Do you have a colour biro? <laughs> Is there a standard ISIS colour? A black. <laughs> okay. Black as your heart, Simon. <laughs> <clears throat> Fantastic. Um, <clears throat> so they mark up the script. So, yes, they so, mark up the script. Um, as you say, take retakes, stomach noises, all that voice noises, any kind of yep. clicks or moving about in the furniture. Um, and they also will just hit a button each time as well to stick a marker in. On the actual waveform, um, which, yes. which is the thing that's being recorded. Which so the is, editor can actually skip from marker to marker to marker right. to edit quite quickly. Yeah. We also, at the end, once it's been completely edited, it goes to a proofer who again sits down with the book, listens to the entire audiobook, and will mark in in case the person at the studio was too busy writing and they forgot to hit the marker or anything. Okay. So it goes through two kind of quality... Well, it goes through an editing process, then it goes through a kind of yeah. quality control process. And the process. Pr- proofer is also keeping an eye out for... Uh, or an ear out for pronunciations that might have been missed as well. Okay. Um, because it, pronunciation is key, as you know. It, it's one of those... Yes. That, um, if, if somebody's working from home and they pronounce something wrong, we'll just ask them to do it again hmm. correctly. Yes. If they're here and they've got it wrong and they're working with... A producer who doesn't realise 
because we, we all don't know how to pronounce everything. We can't get them back always because they're not going to come yes, from London course, to do one course, word. So then we have the correction phase where our editors are extremely clever at building words from little bits and trying oh, wow. to make them sound good, which is time-consuming. Yeah, sure. Um, but sometimes necessary. Okay. So you were talking about... What we were talking about what makes a good a good narrator, uh, and you were saying something about accents and you know the ability to do different accents, which is something I love doing. And You're very good. Whoa, bless you. You, you are one but, of the best. But that's why you get all those books with difficult voices in. <laughs> well, oh, Mattox will do that. <laughs> but is it? I mean, but what I mean, what I was going to ask was, presumably, some people don't do the accents. No. For example, we do a lot of family sagas on our Magna list, and they've become quite popular, I believe, for all age ranges. Mm. But originally, you know, sort of back in the old cassette days, mm. it was more an older person's thing, and they liked a, a mature voice doing a clear RP narrative right. and accents only for dialogue. Publishers now, some of them want, still want that approach, but otherwise they'll say, well, uh, you know, the, the main character is this poor fallen woman of 16 or whatever, so we want a young voice. Uh, so that's another thing to check out, which approach they want. Right. And sometimes getting a, a very young actor in to do that means you've got to check the pronunciation a lot more carefully. Okay. Because uh, that's something I have noticed, is that some young actors don't seem to know how to pronounce things quite so well. Sal volatile is a good one, of course. What's <laughs> you know, smelling salts. Oh. Because it's written Sal volatile. <laughs> I've never come across that. I've never come across <laughs> that. You don't. Well, well, no, you don't have I, many swooning women in I your don't have books, many swooning women in, life, in my life. No, not a, none. Because, <laughs> um, well, again, I think it's like the sight reading. You have an instinct for pronunciation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, we find with the producer side, people have either got it or they haven't. And so when I interview, when we're training new people, we say, just check. You don't have to interrupt the recording. You can just make a note and have a, you know, check on your own time and do a drop-in. Mm. But a lot of them don't listen and see the word... And think, wonder if that is how it's said. Mm, mm. So again, it's something so what, like sight reading. You got it, we haven't. Yeah. So what makes a good producer then? They have to concentrate for long periods. They do have to have an ear for pronunciation, mm. and of course, they have to work with the actors. Yes. So you need patience. <laughs> In the <laughs> nicest way. Because, well, it's a difficult because actors are we're a funny lot. Yes. They're an odd breed of people. What God? I mean, well, yeah. I mean, what's your experience? If you're of a actors? stage actor, of course, you, you you have an audience. When you're reading an audiobook, your producer is your audience. Mm. And one of the complaints that I hear from from actors who come here is when they go to a studio and the producer is clearly not remotely interested in the book, what they're doing with it. They are just doing a job, so they don't want to right. talk about the book. Right. They don't want to support mm -hmm. and you do mm -hmm. have to support because you get a better reading right if somebody's just read a really emotional scene and they're actually feeling a bit weepy and the producer says oh time for tea then they kind of feel let down yeah. and it also affect the flow as well if you've got somebody because i try and stress the balance of picking every small error movement if you can again if somebody's doing something and really pouring their heart out mm. and you say stomach noise bit of a creak have a balance what you know can be edited out so that they can carry on doing what they're good at well yeah very obviously very good advice because i have done that a few times you know recorded a scene where i've got quite emotionally involved in it 
Yes. Um, well, I have the other way out because it's embarrassing. You know, I think I need to change the back up, but I actually can't talk right now. <laughs> So you, so you do. So you, because you, you don't do much producing anymore, do you? Uh, not anymore, sadly. No, but you did. Yes, I used to do quite a lot. I mean, that when I started part time job, I, I was taken on to do every Sunday, and so that was just purely producing. Hmm. Do you miss it? Yeah, I do. Yeah, no, it's lovely. I mean, I'd, I'd like to do more of it if it, if it isn't spoiled by the fact that I know every time I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, all those emails piling up upstairs. Mm. Which takes yeah. the pleasure out of it. So I try and do some. I used to have to because we didn't have enough staff. Now I just do people I'd like to work with just a little bit now, now and then, a mm. treat. And I have yeah. some regulars who always ask for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Barry wouldn't do it without you, would he? <laughs> I, I, think I, I couldn't leave Barry to the, the younger ones. I just couldn't. <laughs> do you have a favourite audiobook narrator? Would you say? I mean, I know it's <clears throat> probably a slightly invidious thing to admit, but... I mean, other than you, sir. Other than me, obviously, other than me. Well, I, I have a number of favourites, yeah. I mean, even have some that I don't really like, but I like how they read. Oh. So okay. that, that's a difference to somebody I would listen to, but not, okay. but actually avoid in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great... Somebody I would listen to, but avoid in the kitchen. I like Oh, that's great. Um, um, f- so for you... Would you like me to name names? I mean, because that, that's a good thing. Well, yeah, sure. Yes. And Sean Barrett, of course, who's, who's, okay. who's, who's, who's brilliant. Uh, Jeff Harding, who's done a lot of uh, American stuff for mm. years. Mm. Of course, you. Of course, me. Adam Sims. I, I, I love Adam Sims. He's quite expensive. We only have him for one book a year, more or less. Um, but he's, oh. he's brilliant. So he charges more money than anybody else, is he? <laughs> Well, I mean, cause we have the same rate for everyone, yes. basically. Yes. But if they've been reading a series for years, oh, they'll try and they'll try and bump agents up their fees. Agents might. will try and f- okay. And then we actually look yeah. at sales and say, fine, well, for that one book a year, that series, okay. we'll pay that. Okay. Do you get authors narrating their own books? And if so, how do you feel about that? Generally, steer them away from it. Okay. Uh, for fiction. Uh, yes. Non-fiction is different. If it's a personal story, it adds a new dimension. Still need a clip to make sure they haven't got a speech impediment or anything. So, yes, for non-fiction. Fiction, unless it's been negotiated at the time of buying the rights, which sometimes it is, the author must read, but they've still got to be able to read reasonably well. Mm. So we get quite a few saying, perhaps I could read it myself, and and I explain why that's not really a good idea and generally they people understand i was going to ask you what advice would you give to someone who wanted to become an audiobook narrator the, the reason i ask that is because i i you know i do audiobook reels with my students and i talk to them about narrating audiobooks and i give them my kind of take on it but what would what advice would you give to a a young actor who wants to do this well that 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 for the start, it's the pertinent point. The the actor do do a voice work course of some description. That's what's required. You can't just say I want to read audio books. Has I mean, people do email and say, "Have you got some advice?" Okay. And that's my first. Actually, okay. so do you, you get, get some people sort of who, formal training? Sort of say, oh, I've always been told I have a very nice voice. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, you yes, do. You get do. That. Okay, uh, and that, that that's my first piece of advice. Look at the courses on offer. Okay. Um, and then 
maybe get some experience. I would say, you know, I used to be fussier in the old days when we didn't have so many titles. Um, but say, approach the RNIB, who have a huge output. I mean, they, they're, uh, and they're still very rigorous. They, I don't know if they still do, but I know they used to have auditions for audiobook readers. Right. Um, so that gives them some experience and also helps out the RNIB. Mm. And then once you've got a book under your belt, come back. Mm. Uh, as I said, except now, we're thinking, are you free in the next month? <laughs> yes, I, I don't care if you can't read. <laughs> Send a clip. <laughs> I mean, I still, obviously, so we, we, we do have standards. Yes. Uh, but I, I, I would ask an actor who, who'd got no experience to record a piece of contemporary fiction, because that's what we do most of, and send it to me and say, you know, you just do it on your phone. It's not recording quality. I just need to hear you. And if they sound okay, we try them. Do you get people sending you audiobook reels as such? Yeah. And what, I mean, because this is, I, 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 I produce I, their audiobook reels. I don't really know what an audiobook reel consists of because there's so many conflicting uh, pieces of information out there on the internet. Well, if we're starting from, I mean, I look at obviously the sort of books that we do. So, I'd say, um, obviously, a commercial reel, don't even bother. They don't help no. me. People do no. adverts. Uh, and no classics. No. Because Naxos has got that sewn up tight, and we don't really do classics. And that's a completely different feel right. to the uh, with the writing of classics, of course. Sentences are a lot longer mm. and mm. less dialogue. Well, so uh, I just, just any kind of piece of uh, contemporary fiction, I also say, look at what we do. We do a lot of fa- family sagas, a lot of crime and thrillers. Pick something like that and do uh, a piece of narrative and some dialogue and throw in some extra dialogue if you want to to actually show what you can do. You could make it up. If it doesn't have a Yorkshire person but you've got a spot on Yorkshire, chuck it in. Okay. Good. All right. That's that's useful. I mean, we do children's books, so if that's what you want to do, you can do a children, children's reel. But previously, we didn't. So if somebody sent me a children's book sample, okay. that wasn't much use. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, yes, I, I always say to them, just go to your local charity shop and find something that's rubbish in there yeah. and read that. Because in the end, that's what you get to read. I mean, I'm not saying the titles that we do are rubbish, well, but, uh, but, then, but they are, they're, as you say, they're commercial. They're not. They're, 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 a lot of them are entertainment and people like yeah. different things. I mean, they, some of the books, you know, you and I would think, poof, blimey. But mm. somebody's listening to them and mm. you get... It's one thing our producers often always comment on... Uh, that you get something out of every book. You might mm. be thinking, oh, God, I've got to go in and do that sort of clogs and shawl thing. But if it's well written, you get drawn into what's mm. happening to the characters. I mean, I found I had a love of, of action books, um, which I would never have picked off a shelf. But right. now, you know, chaps charging around with a... <laughs> With the <laughs> heckler and cock, heckler and cock, yes. yes, and it really, which, which I had to look up. Which it really, and it, that actually, that's another because it is cock, and the number of people say cotch because they don't want to say cock. <laughs> you think they look it up? It's the name of a weapon. In case anybody isn't into action books, it's, it's a gun manufacturer. It's, it's a gun, yes, it's a gun, yeah. And now I, I listen to these things, and I they'll say, and he he picked up his whatever, and I find myself sagely nodding. Good choice. <laughs> A good choice of weapon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fantastic. They almost always have a brand of whiskey in those books as well. Have you noticed that? Though? Really? 
Um, know your glimmer Andrews from Mila Freugs. Yes, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose it's very important in the world of action and spying. Yes, to know, you know your whiskies. know your weapons and know your whiskies. Yes, I'm just I'm just prepping a uh, ghost target. Andy McDermott. Andy McDermott. Yes, of which you've done a quite a number. Yes, I have. I've done quite a number on them as well. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I did a lot of his kind of back catalogue, didn't I, he during did. lockdown? Was, I did like the first eight books. Um, but then the later ones, somebody else is doing those. Because they they're already... old. They've been around for years, so they had a number of readers. Okay, so, you, um, so titles <laughs> get refreshed. Yeah, which is why I, often on uh, I see listener comments on Audible when they're saying, why have they changed the reader? Why have they... you think, well... Actually, because that was recorded much earlier, and that person can no longer do it. Right. And it makes it very tough on an actor taking over a series. Yes. Because those who liked the person who read it before are going to be negative from the start. Yes. I'm interviewing somebody tomorrow, a guy called Steve McHugh. I don't think... I have listened to one of his a long time ago. Fantasy stuff. Yeah, that was through Brilliance. It wasn't through you guys. No. And I did a number of his, but I took over... I think on book six of this series, the Heliquin Chronicles, and I made the mistake of reading my reviews on uh, on Audible, yes. and my God, they hated me. Yes, which is nothing to do with your performance. It's just because you're not the other person. Well, maybe I might have been rubbish too, but uh, I didn't like to say. Uh, yeah, and that happens. Yeah, quite it happens a lot. A lot. It? It's, it's a shame you can only review a book on Audible if you've actually bought it. So the number of times I want to just answer that person, I can't. Uh, interesting. Again, that, that's problems. I mean, uh, Sean Barrett, who I mentioned, who's incredible, can sometimes make choices that will throw a listener off. And we did a whole book where half the time our protagonist was actually in a different country and it said he spoke very poor English. So a lot of the dialogue is done in the slightly halting way of someone speaking very poor English. And maybe that was a decision that Perhaps, okay, shouldn't. perhaps shouldn't have been made. Yes, because, because it, the listener because the it. listener goes, he can't read that very well, can he? And similarly, obviously, if we're uh, if we're um, recording anything with someone with a disability, the same people with stammers, of course. Yeah. Oh, and, and authors yes. will sometimes write out the stammer, so you have to read it. Yes, it, it is odd that, isn't and it, it? it it's rather jarring in audio. Mm, yeah. Do you find that sometimes authors slightly forget what they've done in previous books? Yeah. In terms of characters. Yes. Series readers often keep detailed notes, of course. Hmm. So uh, they know what they're doing and will come back and say, wasn't he from Yorkshire in the previous one? Hmm. Or, as in one case, we had with a policeman with only one eye. Sometimes it was left, sometimes it was right. So it changed from, from book to book. And again, if you publish out of order, if we've got a new writer, we've not done the previous ones, we're going to publish first his new book because that's what people will be looking for. Mm, mm. And then, if it works, go back and publish the older ones. Mm. But the actor has just had that, that first book. He's not reading books one to five. No. So if there's no indicator about how somebody sounds in book number six, he might not find out that that person mm. is Welsh till he gets to book number two. Yeah, yeah. And then you think, well, what do we do? Do we give him the voice of always given him? Mm. When people were borrowing books principally from the library and they were coming out year by year, of course, that nobody would notice. No. On Audible, when somebody really likes something and then they listen to them all, they're going to notice, mm. aren't they? Yes. So this brings us back to... I just wanted to ask you, you mentioned about female men doing female yes. voices. It's a recurring problem. Go on, give me your take on it. What, what do you... I think the, the actors who do it best, they don't try to be deeper, higher. They just do 
subtle vocal changes so in the delivery rather than anything else Mm. so it's very subtle Mm. and but can you say to to an actor um that's a little bit high you know could you maybe not try and do that you can whether they'll be receptive or not okay um, I mean, I, again, I had another long series, uh, not 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 about the, the, the male-female thing, but it was uh, an American actor who was doing a lot of um, cartoon work and computer games, and her voice was becoming more and more caricatured. Right. And I had a go and didn't really get anywhere. And it's very difficult because, as we said, actors, creative, very sensitive um, Sensitive little flowers. Yes, but it, I found even saying things like, oh, I, I, thinking aloud, I think I, I should probably allow more CDs for because your reading speed is is quite uh, is 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 slower than my average. Can send them terribly uh, in a spin. Yes. Whereas actually, yes. a slower reading speed, providing it's not being really dragged out, is actually a better thing because mm. the mistake new audiobook readers often make is reading too quickly. Oh, really. Because that punctuation has to be read as well. Mm, yes. You, know, you need that pause. Yes. I use an average reading speed of 160 words per minute. That varies, because we put things on CDs, so I have to have a, a assess people's timing. Obviously, for downloads, it makes no difference. Mm. But because we do, uh, we put all the CD info into library catalogues, and it affects pricing. You see, you've got to understand, going back to understanding what you're reading... You've got to understand the punctuation. Mm. That comma means there's a pause. Mm. Is is there anything about the the audiobook process that you feel you would want to change? A lot of it, attention needs to be paid to the casting. If you get the wrong voice for anything, it's not going to work. Okay. The other thing, I, I maybe it's not about the industry, but a little plug for library downloads. I'm not sure how many people are aware. Uh, you know, Audible, because we all know about Audible. But you can go to your library. Well, not go to your library, that's the whole point. As long as you've got, you're have got, you a member of the library, you can sit at home and download lots of free audiobooks. Wow, can you? You can. And how do you do that? You go to, you, you, you go to the library, library website? Li- library website. Um, it's, a cause of, it's a cause of some sadness that Oxford Library does not have our books. So to get my, my library books, I have to support competitors. But there's hundreds of books and... Um, magazines and, and e- e-books as well mm. uh, and you get them all free of charge see it also benefits narrators like simon who will get their uh, uh oh, what is it? plr that's it plr, PLR. public library, library. Mm. he gets a bit of money you get a bit yeah. of money yes because then uh, every time somebody takes a cd an mp3 disc or or downloads from the library simon gets a little bit of money yes And every little helps, as Tesco's famously said. Um, If you could narrate a book, what would it be? Oh, what would it be? Well, knowing my limitations, of course, it would be something without too many accents. Oh, okay. I can can hem up a few. I've heard you. You're very good, so... (laughs) And I have to say at this point that I have actually narrated some books. Have you? A very long time ago. My previous boss... I asked him, and I I went to a course, a very short course, not a proper drama course, but in a, a studio in London, and uh, it was only a weekend. I was then deeply paranoid, and it's something I <laughs> didn't tell actors because I thought they'd just say, who does she think she is? <laughs> uh, 
and I got my highly critical son to proof my book, knowing he would tell me if it was crap. Uh, and I actually did a few, uh, but then my boss left and I became the person <laughs> dulling out the work and it yeah. seemed simply unethical yeah. to give myself All books. sort of conflict of, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And did you but enjoy not, it? It was so difficult. I'm a naturally lazy person. I found it really hard. It is hard work, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. It is hard it work. It is hard work. And it sounds, and I, I, I always hesitate to say that to people who don't I think know about, anything about don't, it. Don't realise, and then again, it's something that, that new actors say at the end. Of the, I, I didn't realise how hard it was. No. Well, and also, I mean, coming, it's, it's easier for me at home because I don't do six hour stretches. Yeah. Whereas, you know, coming, well, you know, I used to come here, which is because, you know, you're doing six hour days or something. Or, or yeah. More, and it's, it's exhausting. That's it. In fact, that, that's one of my lines for putting authors off. Please bear in mind that you'll be reading for about six hours. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it sounds ludicrous when you say talking out loud is really tiring, but it is really tiring. Yeah, it is. And and, and you, because you've got somebody who needs to edit out or mark up every time you take something, you, your cup of tea's gone cold, you've got a mouthful of saliva that you're not, don't quite know what to do with. You know, all those sort of things. I, I keep mine in a little glass jar, <laughs> yeah. actually. It's quite, a big, it's quite a big jar now, but... So we're, we're also saying you're moving about too much. Could you try and keep the same distance from the mic? So you're not just reading for six hours. We try and get you in a, the same position, or at least not swinging backwards and forwards. Yes, of course. Or scratching your hair. Yes. You yes. know, or, don't wear rustly clothes. I always oh, say to my students, the, the, don't wear a watch that ticks. Don't. The man with the leather trousers. <laughs> Why? No, no. You had a man with leather trousers. <laughs> <laughs> did he? Did he cycle here? Tell me. Tell me he rode he, on a bike. He rode on. Yes. Okay, he yeah. had, he had, At least that. It wasn't kind of like. Mo- hey, baby, I'm here to read a book. What's going? On? Yeah. Well, that? we've had because in our old studios, because you can't have aircon in, and that's another thing. I mean, we're finding it's quite stuffy. We have had people stripping down. <laughs> when you say, shall we have a break, there's a lot of rustling and clothing being reattached. And <laughs> Well, I have, yes, I have recorded in my boxer shorts at home. Not here, I hasten to add. <laughs> but at home, when it's been very hot, I did fork out uh, a couple of years ago and put an air conditioning unit in my sort of main bit, not in the booth, obviously, because you can't have it because of the No, noise, so you stick it on at break times. Yeah, yeah, but it, when, yeah, if it's really hot, then, yeah, and especially sort of the, as the day progresses. Hmm. I should let you get out of this stuffy bit. Yes, or it'll but, be a whole podcast series in itself. <laughs> Drinking sparkling water isn't a good idea as well. People who say, I would, I'll, I'll, I'll have a, a Coke, and you think, oh, no, you won't, because you'll be burping. Oh. Boy. Burping, Burping, okay. yes. Yeah. Oh, nice. And dairy. And all, oh, yeah. yeah always... see, all those little things. Oh, my, oh, my, my stomach's rumbling. Yes, my stomach's rumbling, because yes. it's, it's nearly lunchtime. Um, so... I just want to say thank you so much for doing this because I know it was a little bit like you were walking to kind of it wasn't my idea the the um, firing squad. But I do like talking about audiobooks. You know everything about them, and I I promised we'd name drop Barry, so he owes me a tenner, and I'll split it with you. All right, thanks so much. Thank you. <laughs> oh, God. lovely, lovely. Oh, no, old twaddle. No, brilliant. The journey wasn't too bad today, actually. Traffic seemed to be flowing pretty well. Uh, a little sticky coming off the uh, off the M40, but I, I know a little I'm a little rat run around the back, so it was uh, it was all right. Now before I before I sit down, I'm just going to strip off my 
my trousers here because it gets awfully awfully hot in here and in fact if you if you wouldn't mind averting your your eyes I'm going to take off my my briefs as well because I find that what what happens is because of the the heat in here after a while the sweat tends to pool rather around around my my nether regions is very very uncomfortable I I bought a I bought a small towel with me which I've placed on the seat there and so that should uh, minimize any any sort of staining having the airflow allows me to to concentrate a little better uh, right um you must excuse me for one one second while I just just there we are tap out tap out the base of my pipe because I don't want to want to leave any any embers smoldering now I uh, it's 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 not lit of course I I just uh, occasionally like to just to pop it in keep the air flowing flowing through the pipe so uh no dog today Barry uh, sorry you haven't brought your dog oh no no I've I've had to leave Pixie at home today, I'm afraid. She's had rather an upset tummy um, of late. I think it was... I gave us rather too much... too much cheese. Poor thing. <coughs> oh. <coughs> Sorry. I just, mm, uh, yeah, 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 I was better out than in, as they say, sorry, sorry about that, <clears throat> early mornings, you know, I'll just uh, take a little drink here, uh, find it repeats on me rather ah. right would you like to take some level from me no I've, I've, I'm doing two two main voices um, there is a male uh, narrator pretty much all the way through but but there are there is, is his um, his sort of sidekick girlfriend slash uh, partner who who features from time to time she's She's got quite a quite a sort of shouty voice. I'm going to be doing her sort of like. Is that all right for for you, sort of level wise? Oh, Dominic, no, don't be so silly. That, <clears throat> that sort of thing. And then, then for for Dominic as well. He's he's from the East End of London, so I'm going to be doing him more like that. Goodness gracious me, what is going on there? Good. Check the undergrowth between the church and the green, will you? And around the car park. What, what are we looking for, sir? Weapons, obviously. A knife and possibly a hammer or some other similar blunt instrument. <clears throat> Is that all right? Uh, yeah. Uh, fine, Barry. Great. 
Good. Well, let's, let's make a start then, shall we? <clears throat> Sub Zero. Chapter One. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. If you'd like to hear more in the series, please visit our website www.talkingbooks.org.uk. Talking Books.